Hello and welcome to Stand Up. This is Amanda Napier. I am your host and I am so happy to be here with you today. Hey, today I want to talk about flipping the script. Flipping the script. And so this message kind of came to me. I had a burning desire to read the book of Esther. And so uh, what happened was one of my uh, girlfriends and I were talking about it and she's actually writing a book about Esther. It's going to be, um, I think, a wife like Esther. And so I hadn't read the book of Esther for a minute and I'm like, you know, I just had that burning desire to read it. And every time I do, I, I know God's going to give me a story or a message or word, you know, to get out. And so I was excited to read it. And man, this is why. So. As I start reading the story of Esther, and I'm going to kind of give you a quick synopsis from beginning to end of um, how how things played out. And so in the book of Esther, Esther is a Jew who becomes the queen of Persia. Like just it wasn't wasn't any mistake. It was totally a God thing totally a God thing that the king chose her. So um, the king gets upset with the the previous queen has her taken from the palace and is like, go and, you know, go find me all, you know, women go round up eligible women so that I may choose my next queen. So Esther was in that group of women who, um, she was very beautiful. Um, anyway, um, we're going to fast forward. The king chooses Esther. So Esther is now in the palace. She is, um, has not let her, uh, lineage, her um, background, her ethnicity hasn't said anything about anything. So she and so we're going to fast forward a little bit. And so Queen Esther is in Persia. She is brought there and she is being raised by her cousin Mordecai. Her parents are deceased, and so Mordecai is raising her. And so each day um, that she is at the palace and she's being um, trained and prepared um, to see if she is going to be selected as queen. Her cousin Mordecai is outside of the of the gates of the palace, and he's there, you know, checking things out, and, and you know, every day just kind of hanging around, like, "Hey, how are you? How's she doing? Has anybody um, seen Esther? Has anybody talked to her?" And so, why Mordecai's hanging out um, around the the palace and around um, the inner city parts, he overhears two of the king's. Um, servants, two of the king's like guardsmen, plot to kill the king. So Mordecai, Esther's cousin, has now overheard this plot and demise that is that's happening against the king. And so Mordecai turns them in. And so um, fast forwarding a little bit, investigation was done. It was found out to be true. The king is like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. You know, thank you for doing this. And of course, he, the, the, um, guardsmen are executed. You know, they're taken down. So now we're going to fast forward a little bit. Um, we know that Esther's in, she's been chosen as queen. Here she is. And so, um, the king's highfalutin official, Haman, is all about himself. And so, um, basically, what happens is Mordecai refuses. Haman is all about everybody worshiping Haman. And you're to bow down to me. When I walk past you, you're to bow down. Well, Mordecai does not want to bow down to him. Mordecai is from, listen, his descendants were from um, 
uh, Babylon, his descendants were from the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We are not bowing down to any false gods. We are not bowing down to anybody other than our God. I am certainly not going to bow down to you, Haman. And so Haman gets it in. The king's official, Haman, now has it in for Mordecai. Can't stand him, wants him dead. And so fast forwarding a little bit forward, you know, going on into the story, Haman goes to the king and is like, hey, I, we, I want to execute all the Jews. They are no good to us. They, we don't need them around. They don't respect me. They don't care about me. And so the king is like, fine, you know, do the decree. After, you know, after talking to him, it was just like, no big thing. Go ahead, um, write the decree. I'll sign it. We'll execute the Jews. So word gets to Mordecai and he's like, oh, I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? So he has all of his family there, his wife, his children, all of their family. He immediately, um, you know, in, in those days... He goes to fasting. He rips his clothes off and he's, you know, just moaning and wailing and sobbing and he's fasting. And Queen Esther hears about it. And one of the servants is like, hey, you know, you got to do something. Mordecai's outside and he's a mess and we don't know what's going on. But, and she's like, send word to him, find out what's going on. So one of the servants run down, they, they get to Mordecai, they find out what's happened, that Haman has issued a decree over the Jews to be killed, to be executed on this day, on at this time, at this day, at the, you know, in a, at an appointed time. And so Mordecai tells the servant, the servant then informs Esther and Esther's like, okay, Esther sends word back to Mordecai. Listen, you're going to fast for three days and three nights. And so am I. And so are my maidservants. And at the end of those three days, I'm going to go to the king and I'm going to ask him and I'm, I'm going to have a plan together. Basically, I'm going to have a plan together. And so everybody fasted and prayed. She, um, and I'm skipping out some of the story, but I'm trying to get to the very reason I'm telling you this. Okay. So, so Queen Esther, after her three days of fasting, goes in the palace courtyard. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. In that day and age, if you were not invited by the king to come into the court, into his courts, he could, he could execute you. He could execute you. If he did not choose to execute you, he would hold up a golden scepter, which means you're not going to die today. So Esther being the new queen, not knowing anything and trying to, you know, always do the right thing. You know, she's, she is risking her life. She's risking her life to go before the king and plead for the lives of the Jews. So this is what we think is going to happen. So, so she goes, she tells Mordecai, this is what I'm doing. I'll have a plan together. The end of three days, she goes into the courtyards, the king, you know, she's, she, can you imagine? So she's standing there like, okay, you know, what's going to happen? He, he extends the golden scepter. She knows then everything's okay. So basically she arranges, she wants a meeting. She wants a meeting and, and she gets that meeting. And so she asked for the, she asked for a meeting with uh, Haman and the king and he accepts. And so basically tells um, the meeting is happening. The king says, anything you want, Queen Esther, whatever you want, I will give you half of the kingdom. Just say the word. And she's like, you know what? I think tomorrow night 
tomorrow night I want to have you and Haman a banquet. Uh, would you pl- would you both please attend this banquet? And the king is like, absolutely. That's you know that's great. And so Haman's on cloud nine, and he's like, absolutely, I'll attend this banquet. And so he's leaving the palace, going home to brag about his wife. Hey, I've been invited by the queen to attend this awesome, you know, this banquet tomorrow night and look at me. And Haman's all about himself. And so, you know, he doesn't want to wait to kill Mordecai. He, in the meantime, he, he doesn't want to wait to come to kill Mordecai. So his, his wife and all of his, his posse are like, well, you need to go ahead. I would go ahead and put a pole up to have him impaled on to kill him. And so what does Haman do? He puts up this, the Bible says this 50, this pole that is 50 cubits high up um, as high, you know, so everybody could see at this enormous pole to have Mordecai killed on. And so he's all about himself. You know, he's, he's left the palace. He thinks he's it. And so come, come nighttime, the king can't sleep. And so he asked one of his servants to bring up his chronicles, the record of his reign to be brought into him and read to him. And so while the servant was reading through, um, back through the chronicles of his reign, he comes across the time, um, He reads him the time that Mordecai overheard the guards plot to kill him. And the king was like, wait a minute, stop right there. Like, what about this Mordecai? Have we, what have we done for Mordecai? And this, the servant was like, nothing. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. So about that time, here comes Haman. Haman's all, he's coming to the, to the palace. And he's like, I'm telling, I'm going to, I'm telling the king right now. I'm going to have him impaled. I am, and he's talking about Mordecai. I'm going to have Mordecai killed. I can't stand him. He's worthless. He refused to bow down to me. I have, you know, I have this pole in, in uh, town that's 50 cubits high. So Haman's coming to tell the king, I'm killing Mordecai. I'm not waiting till this day. I want him dead now. So the king sees Haman coming in and he's like, Haman, I need your help. What, what would I, what is something that I could give such a great servant of mine? What is something that I could give a man that I am honored, that I owe so much to? And, and Haman's like, well, you know, I would give him a horse and I would give him one of your best robes. And I would give him, started naming all of these things. Haman thinks the king is talking about Haman. The king is talking about Mordecai. And so the king is like, Okay, then I want Haman, I I want you to go get Mordecai and I want everything you've said, I want you to do that to Mordecai. Now, can you imagine Haman right now? Can you imagine? And so Haman went and got Mordecai and he did everything. He put him on a horse. He clothed him in one of the king's robes. He led him all around town. People were clapping and honoring Mordecai. Listen, it's, it's the next night and it's banquet time. And so... Esther says, the king says, I cannot wait to hear what, what is, what is this about? Queen Esther, please tell me you'll have half the kingdom. And, and Queen Esther said, my Lord, I am pleading with you and I'm asking you for my life and for my people's life. And the king said, what is this about? So then she spills the beans and it's like your servant has issued a decree, has, has declared, um, a death decree on, on me, I am a Jew, on Jewish people and all of my people. And I'm asking you, please, 
please, to stop this. And the king, in an outrage, said, Who is this? Where is he? Who has declared such a thing? And Queen Esther said, It's Haman. He sits right beside you. And the king was livid. The Bible says he got up in rage and left left the banquet hall. And so Esther, you know, she goes over at this time and she she sits down on her couch and Haman's going over to her. The Bible says that Haman fell down on the couch. He was in, he was just sh- like, what am I going to do? And he, so he fought, Haman's falling on the couch over to almost, it, it sounds like on top of Esther. And the king walks in and sees it and is, is like, that is it. You're done. And so end of story. The king has Haman killed. He has Haman actually impaled, killed on the pole that Haman set up to kill Mordecai. Haman was actually killed on that same pole. And so I told you this whole story. I I told you this entire story because I want you to recognize that the Bible, your Bible, the Word of God is a blueprint for our lives. It is a blueprint for our lives. And I'm going to tell you this. I want you to wake up every morning and instead of you stressing out about that situation at work or home or your marriage or your child or whatever you have going on in your life today, I want you to wake up and I want you to say, God, I am flipping the script today. I cannot wait to see what you're doing behind the scenes on my behalf this day. God, I know that if you could do it for Queen Esther and for her cousin Mordecai and all of the people in that time and that in your in your word, God, what more will you do for me? What more will you do for me this day, God? God, your word says in Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose, God. We know that you're working out everything good for us, God. It is just so awesome to know that we serve a God that is constantly working. He is working in us, all around us, and behind the scenes. As I was reading this and after, you know, reflecting back on the the chapter of Esther and just um, going through everything and, and thinking about it, man, can you think of how many times that God has worked behind the scenes on your behalf? I I did like I just I st- and it actually brought me to tears just looking back on the different things like you know those are God moments you know that had to be that God's hand was in that moment, that one moment of your life. And, and I just had so many of them and I was just so grateful and so thankful. And it just is such an encouraging story an encouraging thought to know that no matter what God is always with us. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. He is with us. We are his children and he loves us so very much. I just, I hope this encouraged you guys today. I hope, um, that it just gives you a new strength and a new view on what God can really do for you in your life. Just when you lay it at his feet and just, you know, we pray about it. Just as Queen Esther and Mordecai did, they they set it before him. They fasted and prayed and believed. And look what he did. Like he totally turned a horrid situation around that, you know, they were looking at death. They were looking at losing their life and everything that they had. And 
you know, God loves us. He loved them. He honored them. And He will do the same for you. He'll, whatever situation you're facing today, whatever it is, man, He can flip the script. He can flip it all around and He can work behind the scenes and He can make, cause anything to happen in Jesus' name. So I hope you all enjoyed this today. God bless and I will talk to you soon. Bye bye.